to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike. I got my linemate Matt with me. And today we're going to give some hockey news. Everything has been shut down for the past, what is it? We're going on 10 days now, maybe a little longer. For some teams, a little bit longer because they've had some COVID outbreaks. But uh, but the Blackhawks were pretty much in, in, in good shape. We had one person in in a COVID protocol. That was Calvin DeHaan. He's out of COVID protocol. And as of today, Monday, December 27th, Mark andre Fleury was added to COVID protocols. So, Matt, do you, you know, it's like, what kind of precautions, you know, can teams take? Because, you know, obviously there are some really, really wide, um, wide experiences with COVID. And this is for vaccinated and unvaccinated people. So say you've got somebody like Marc-Andre Fleury, you know, he's, I want to say he's, you know, he's getting up there in age and he's someone that we were looking to be a cornerstone for the Hawks for this year to bring Kevin Lankin in along. And now that he has COVID, you know, I think that it's, it's one of those things where maybe you just don't want any of your guys to get COVID. And maybe you want to take the precautions that you can to make sure that, you know, you keep your players as, as safe as possible and not really take any chances. You know, you could have a young guy who, you know, gets COVID doesn't have any symptoms or has very mild symptoms, is vaccinated. And then you can have an, an older guy who is vaccinated and has a much different a diff, much different experience with it. Do you think that maybe the Blackhawks are taking the right precautions or even the league in general? You know, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, well, with Marc-Andre Fleury, we, well, we don't know if he has it or if he came in contact with somebody who has it. But I guess that's what those those tracers are for. They, you know, they're trying to isolate him, which is smart. You know, he's a very important piece to our team right now. I know he's, you know, he's only on only going to be on this team probably this season. But uh, you know, he really turned his game around with uh, Coach King taking over. He uh, he still one game under five hundred. He got that goals against average down to two point eight six. I want to say the first couple weeks it was I think over four so he's really been playing a lot better so then you know it's better to be safe than sorry make sure that everything is all right before you go back into the locker room and you know you want a a clean slate where guys you know everybody's healthy and you want to keep it that way yeah you know going forward you know it it just seems like you know, things are just going crazy in the world again. You know, like there's just outbreaks everywhere and not just in the NHL with other leagues, you know, and, and teams are in the NHL, you know, it, it kind of seems like they are, you know, flip-flopping on the on the issue of COVID, to be honest with you. You know, there are, things are too dangerous for, for players to go to the Olympics, but yet they want to have the NHL All-Star game. And we're talking about a three-day weekend you know, where, you know, if, if you could be a fan who has tickets to, you know, um, to, to all of the events and you're going to be in close proximity with people and considering, you know, from what we've seen, you know, on the news that the Omicron variant, you know, I, I was kind of funny when I first heard it, you know, I thought that they were like, I thought like it was going to be like another Transformers movie or something, you know, Optimus like the return, <laughs> the return of Om- Omicron, you know, or something, yeah. you know, and, you know, Galvatron's, Galvatron's <laughs> yeah. back, 
And, uh, but that's not the case. You know, thinking about the Transformers, man, do you remember like Starscream? Yeah, he's had that Megatron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then the other guy was uh, Mr. Smith, right? From the Matrix? No, no, no. It was, uh, it was. It sounded just like him. I forgot the guy's name. Who did, he did Optimus Prime's voice. Uh, I, gosh dang it. I can't think of the little guy's guy. Little guy, little skinny guy that the voice does not fit the body. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I've seen uh, videos of him. But anyways, you know, after I digress, you know, <laughs> about, about COVID, you know, the, the, the NHL wants to have the all-star game, but they're not sending players to the Olympics. You know, I, I think that that's a really flip-flopped issue because... You know, obviously that there is some there is some conflict of interest here. If the players go to the Olympics, they lose out on revenue for those two weeks. If they don't go to the to the Olympics, the the league is allowed to stay on and they get the revenue from the NHL All Star Game. So, do you really think that the NHL has the players' best interest, considering that they're not, you know, even considering uh, stopping the All Star Game as of right now? Nope, you nailed it. It's uh, it's about the money, man. That's what it's about. The NHL sees dollar signs in their eyes for three days. There's going to be, you know, you got all the top talent in one place, and, you know, people are going to pay to see that. And <laughs> That's just the bottom line. It's about the money. There's no money in the Olympics for the NHL, and it, it just goes to show you. That's just what it is. Yeah, I think, to be honest with you, it's kind of disconcerting because even as a fan, you know, it's like, you know what, things have really heated up with COVID. I really don't want to have it. Or maybe like some people have had it already and, you know, they had a bad experience with it. They have tickets to the All-Star game and now, you know, they don't know what to do with uh, do with their tickets. It's kind of a sticky situation and it even kind of goes into the Winter Classic because, you know, okay, like I get it. The capacity at Target Field, where the where, where the event is going to take place, is about thirty eight thousand people. Okay, it's going to be outdoors, and typically, COVID numbers in the summertime are less than what they are during the wintertime. And I believe that's because when there's get-togethers, you know, there's barbecues, or people are outside. You know, there's a lot of fresh air, and that, and there's a lot of air that's being circulated. Yeah. Now with the with the winter classic, you know, I'm, you know, I, I can, I can see why it's still on because it's going to be outside. You know, people are going to be bundled up and, and, uh, you know, to watch the game. So, you know, there's a case there, you know, to keep it on, but I just don't see how, considering what, what they're saying about uh, COVID, how they can keep the NHL all-star game on, man. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I don't really understand it either. Uh, and I know this, the new flu, this new whatever, Optimus Primacon, whatever you call it, um, it's, it's you know, it's, it hasn't killed anyone in the world. There's zero deaths on it. So it's a very mild flu. And I have some family members uh, that didn't come to Christmas because of that. Uh, they said, yeah, it's just like if there wasn't COVID, I wouldn't even know I was, I, I had it. You know what I mean? I wouldn't even know it was a deadly, <laughs> like, flu. Yeah. But, uh yeah, I, I know they're just being cautious and everything. I I'm glad they pulled out of the Olympics. Honestly, I I I don't want to. I, I just for other reasons, but yeah, I mean, if they're like you said, I think they're flip flopping on stuff because it, it it's the biggest stage for hockey, you know, other than the playoffs. 
it's like the only pro game except I think what college uh, football is a big day on that but this is like the NHL's time to show off what they got you know we're playing outdoors and we're putting some good teams out there and they don't want to pass that up again because it's a big money maker for them. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I think that they kind of lucked out because last year I was like, why the heck would they pick Minnesota and the Blues? But the Blues have been playing really well this year, and so has Minnesota. But yeah. we got to be honest, man, those Minnesota jerseys are absolutely god-awful. Yeah, and- there's a lot of bad jerseys this year. New Jersey has a terrible one. Do they? Uh, it just says Jersey, literally just Jersey. <laughs> and it, it's just... Uh, they're not the same New Jersey Devils when we were kids. You know, it wasn't Marty Brodeur, Scott Stevens. They were like, you know, when you think about hockey, those are the teams you think about. No one cares about New Jersey anymore, it seems like, except Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, and, you know, clearly if they're going to be handing out $8 million a year for 60 points in uh, <laughs> in, in three years. Of- that's that's going to hurt the market. Now, guys like Kirby Doc are going to be like, hey, well, Jack Hughes got it. I'm better than him. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's just going to hurt. It's going to hurt, like, guys that came up with him. Yeah, especially as a negotiating tac- tactic. You know, that— uh, I That's think what that- you could say. Look at my numbers and look at his numbers. I want eight. Yeah. And is, is the guy wrong? No. Yeah. Sure. I mean, like, yeah. look at Braden Point. What was, you know, what was his draft number, you know? And yeah. if and if, and if if you want to use the excuse that, oh, you know, this guy was drafted number one, it's like, well, who cares? I've got 40 goals this year, and he's got, you know, 20. You know, yeah, that's he's got more difference. goals in his career than uh, points that he was got, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, so moving on, you know, it just sucks. You know, this whole COVID thing sucks. Um, it, 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 it hurts. It hurts hockey. You know, it, it hurts everything. And I wish that, uh, I just wish that this thing w- was done. You know, like you said, I heard the Omicron vi- variant is actually... Um, what is it? It's easy. It's it's more contagious, but the symptoms are much more mild than the Delta variant. And you know, it's kind of funny. It gets me is that you know, you know, how can that be if it's mutating? You know, like what is you know? Obviously, I'm not a doctor or a biologist or any of the people that that investigate this stuff. You know, because I I, I had to have had the Delta variant because that was brutal. They said it was brutal, and um, and I understand why they don't want to pass this you know, this stuff along, you know, moving forward, do you think that the NHL should permanent, permanently uh, keep the, the taxi squad implemented for, for COVID reasons so that teams can, can actually feel the team so that there aren't any more shutdowns? Yeah. I think that them bringing that back, back into the, the style is the, the right thing to do. I know the Hawks put uh, Brett Conley in there, uh, Colin Delia, the only bad part is that now, you know, he was tearing it up in Rockford. Yeah. He's not going to be getting those, you know, those reps. He's not going to be, you know, taking, like, there's no gameplay. And, you know, it's it's one thing. He's going to be practicing a lot with the team, but it's still, it's not the same as gameplay. So, you know what? I hope they can squeeze him in a couple of games in the NHL, get him in there. I know, who knows how long Fleury's going to be out for, but, you know, obviously we're going to see Lincoln in probably more but hey I, I would throw Delia in there and give him another look because I like I told you a couple a couple weeks ago I went to a game I know they were in the AHL but he looked very very good focused composed and I was I was really impressed by that and I went to the game to see Reichel that's it I wanted to see Lucas Reichel 
And I was more drawn to Dealey. I don't know if it's because I was a goalie, but I was like, damn, this guy's making some big saves and he's coming up big. And I, I kind of hope they can get him in a couple of games. You know, there's almost a case that they start Delia in the very next game because just to see, you know, he's he's in a rhythm. He's been playing very well just to see what he can do um, without, you know, him sitting on the sidelines, w- without him sitting in the press box and uh, and not getting those reps. And, you know, I wonder if he has a nerves issue because it seems like whenever he, he comes up to the big leagues, you know, he just, um, he hasn't really played yeah. very well. Well, there's no doubt he's a very good AHL goalie. I, you know, he could even be, you know, a career AHL goalie, but give him another shot it's it's different now the team the defense is a lot better than it's been the last two seasons i right. think under king alone the defense looks a lot different so that that will also help uh delia and i like to see him get a shot quite honestly and i hope it's against a team that's you know not like a powerhouse where you're kind of setting them up to fail but yeah. then again if they do put him against the powerhouse and he shuts them down he's just making himself look even better you know, man, I'd like to see him play against the Red Wings because um, I I think that they're a team that they're not a they're not a pushover anymore. They're a solid team. Uh, they play really hard. I think that they're a little bit ahead of schedule, and I think that it's a really good competition level for for him to get some experience at. Yeah, I think Detroit is way ahead of schedule with the rebuild. Uh, Stevie Wise, the man, doing a great job over there, and uh, yeah, they got. Some really good players. Larkin is playing well. I got him on my fantasy team. He's been killing it for me this season. Really? Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi is another good guy. And he's, he, I think he had like a four goal game the first couple of games of the season. And he, you know, he's a big part of their team. And I know they love him there. And Pia Suter's over there. Uh, the, you know, the, Mark Stahl, good defenseman. And um, I know they got some young defensemen. Mo Sider, I think that that was a, a controversial pick that Iserman made a couple of years ago. This guy wasn't even projected to be in the like the top twenty-five, and I think Iserman picked him like eleven. And he just looks like more of a genius, you know. And this guy's playing awesome. Yeah, he definitely has. Yeah, you know, I, I think that he's taking his talent from the ice and implementing it into being a GM. To be honest with you, the guy just makes really, really great picks. You know, he practically stole Nadelkovich from Carolina, you know, beginning of the season. And, um, you know, just just a great, just a great GM. You know, obviously the Hawks are going to be looking for a, a new GM, new, um, what, VP of uh of of hockey operations you know they they have a lot of things a lot of holes that they need to fill and i think that i think that steve you know steve eiserman is someone that they could maybe model their you know their next executive after like you know look for a guy a player who yep. really kind of stands out in 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 a in a different way you know because you know steve eiserman does and he always has he's always um, how do you say he's always stepped up to the to the plate and and knocked it out of the park? I'm I'm against the the constant rotation of GMs and and guys, you know, going from one team to another, you know, because it's it's just the same thing over and over again. I want to see a new guy come in and try and make some changes and um and and you know get get an opportunity. To be honest with you, I'd like to see. You know what, what? What does Davidson have? You know we haven't really seen anything from him. You know I'd hate to see this guy leave, go somewhere else like Anaheim, 
and turn them into a uh, into a powerhouse. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. You don't want that to happen. Yeah, and if the guy has really, he's been with the organization for a few years. He, if if anything, he has seen the job done. Sees has seen how it's done. You know, give him an opportunity to run it. You know, what's three years? I mean, it's not like, you know, the the state of the Blackhawks is in a state of change. And why not have, you know, all, you know, new faces? I think that it's a good idea. I like to see, um, I like to see, maybe like an interview or maybe this guy on a podcast and see what he thinks about, you know, certain things. Where's where's his head at? You know, there hasn't really been much on him. There hasn't been really much, um, many interviews with him, you know, so I don't really know much about the guy. But, uh, you know, the Blackhawks are, are um, the Blackhawks are going to need to figure that out. And it's getting to a time, I mean, look, we're, it's going to be the new year already. Before we know it, you know, the season's going to be over, you know, um, if, you know, hopefully after we make the playoffs and win the Stanley Cup in June. But, you know, who knows? But likely, you know, the, the season could be over in April. And what are we going to be doing? You know, and I think that's that starts really. It starts now, man. It doesn't start, you know, later on down the road. You know, it start getting the ball rolling, and uh, and see what's uh, see what's out there. Is there is there anybody out there that really stands out to you as like a good GM candidate? Well, no, I don't know too many GMs that are available. I know Mark Bergevin used to be a part of the Blackhawks players personnel. And, you know, he was the former GM of the Canadians, but I don't, you know, I, I don't think they're going to go back that way. Uh, no, no way. I, I, I do like what you said, that you, you don't want the continuous, you know, coaching circus back and forth. Like, oh, I'm going to go here and, and stay as long as I can till it works, and then I'm gone. I'm going to go do it again. But honestly, I think if you're going to hire Davidson to be the full-time president of the team— I think you need to give him an advisor that has hockey mind, like Steve, Stevie Y. You know, that guy that's done it all in the NHL. He's been a player. He tore it up. He Well, he hasn't been a coach, but, you know, he went to management. And he's been he's been awesome. You know, he, he built that Tampa Bay Lightning team, no doubt about it. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I didn't mean him taking Stan's old job. I meant him being only the, the GM. And yeah. and that's it. I, I think that there would need to be another another executive to be the president the president of hockey operations because that's a big job. You know, Stan had been doing this job for you know about ten years, so he knew what the job was above him, and he knew his job. So giving him that promotion to be both the operations, uh, hockey operations, and the GM made sense because he'd been around for so long. Considering Davidson has never been a GM. It would be a good idea to keep him as only in the GM role, and then hiring a Brandon Shanahan or something like that Agreed. to be the uh, yes. to be the president of hockey operations. I I will say this: I would like to see this happen, but I know I'm living on Fantasy Island. Maybe <laughs> I would like to see the Hawks bring back Dale Talon because mm. I thought Dale Talon. Uh, you know, he was kind of the fallout guy when all that drama yeah. after the Marty Havlet ordeal where Marty Havlet was unhappy because he wasn't getting Marion Hosa-like money, contract, whatever you want to say. But don't forget, Marty Havlet played maybe 80 games or 75 games for the Blackhawks, his best season. The years before, it was 30 games, maybe 25 games. And 
I, Dale is a player's GM. He knows, you know, he loves his players. He can relate with them. And I think he would, you know, maybe be a good advisor to this Davidson guy because, you know, he he's a hockey mind. And I don't, we don't, like you said, we don't know too much about Davidson other than he's been with the organization kind of behind the scenes for a while. And he's a young guy. You know, obviously he probably took in a lot from Bowman and, you know, Scotty Bowman. But I, I think Dale Talon should be given a, a fair chance. And, and you know he's a Chicago guy. He loves the Blackhawks. He used to he was everything here too. He was a player. He was a he was in the booth with Pat Foley, one of probably I thought the best duo. I I don't mind Olchek, but I think I, I think Dale Talon is a lot better. Yeah. Um Dale Talon built that team in Florida as well. You know, they they haven't really performed, but Dale, you know, he had uh he had all the permission and all like he, you know, he got the owner's blessing, if you want to say. He he built the team. He spent the money. He brought in some really good players. He brought in uh, Bobrowski that one year, which was pretty much a surprise because, you know, he wanted big money after his Columbus Blue Jacket uh, tenor. Uh, and he got it. Dale offered the money. I know it's a lot of money for a goalie, but uh, he was able to lure him down to Florida, which is hard to do. And that team is, uh, they're a powerhouse now because of Dale Talon. You but, know, I believe Dale Tellen, he drafted uh, Alex Barkov too, didn't he? I'm not sure about that one, but I know, I, I think he did draft, obviously he drafted Spencer Knight, which is going to be their goalie of the future. He's a great, he's great at drafting players. I always said that, but I think he tends to, you know, pay players a little too much. We we saw that here in Chicago. He he paid Cristobal, he weighed all that money. He uh, I thought the hosted deal was a great deal. Uh, he, not sure if that was, I'm, I'm, it might've been him. It might not have been, but you know, he, like I said, he's a player's GM and, you know, he takes care of the players, but then, you know, once you're up against the salary cap, you know, you're kind of in a mess, which the Hawks were after 2010, but that's what happens when you're stockpiled with talent, which he was, uh, he was a big part of that. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think back, man. I'm I'm pretty sure that he did take Barkov and at the time at the time Florida had uh, different needs and he took Barkov. It was pretty controversial, but you know, look at who Barkov is now. He's a franchise center. I mean, he's and, essentially yeah. what Jonathan Taves was, you know, 10 years ago. And that's who he is for solid two-way sulky like yep. yeah that's who he is for Florida and to be honest with you I mean I thought that that was a great pick great foresight a Dale Talon would be an example of bringing a guy in and giving him the operations in GM role because you know that he could do both he's done both and um, he can handle the responsibility I wonder if he would be interested in doing like a hockey operations role when he has a GM that will be running the player side of things. Yeah, like a Brian Burke of Pittsburgh, which they brought him to do that, and then they hired Ronnie Hextall to be the GM, which that's uh, which is something I think that the Hawks should model after because that is a perfect example. You got to, uh, you know, I think Hextall was the GM of Philly for a while, and they canned him. You know, he was, you know, when I thought of the Flyers goaltending, I always thought Ron Hexall. I'm like, this dude scored a goal as a goalie. He he was just a beast, and they let him. I thought go he had three. Didn't he have three goals? He he might have. He might yeah. have had some backhand goals. That's how good he was <laughs> at playing the puck. But some I, fights I, too. Then, yes, he, I remember. Uh, 
I guess Chelios was getting under his skin and Hextall went crazy after him. And he was just like an old school goalie and me, just a mean dude. Yeah. And he was awesome. But uh, getting off track, he, or Brian Burke, he built some very good teams. I know, I know he went to, um, I believe he went to Toronto and he, it didn't work out there, but he built that uh, Anaheim Ducks team and they got their, they got their cup that way with him. He had a uh, Ryan, uh, not, uh, Scotty Niedermeyer, she's rotten. What am I talking about? I thought he had them both. He he did. He got was it is it? Uh, I forget his name. Scott, Scott Niedermeyer and Scott, Rod. Yeah. Rod Niedermeyer. Yeah, he got the Niedermeyer brothers. Obviously, Scott is the beast, one of the best defensemen of all time. They were both fast. Yeah, very good. He was a he was like a David Bowen, third line guy. And, you know he he got uh, well. Jaguar was already there. He got I think he drafted Berskalov, who was very good with the Ducks. He was a nut job after. Uh, he he made a big trade with Edmonton and got Chris Pronger, and he had a very good team. He had Getzlaff, Perry. Uh, remember Dustin Penner? They had when they won that cup. They were young. So that was a good Stanley Cup team. That Ducks team was very good, and uh, Berkey had a lot to do with that. And just I think he's a perfect guy to run the operations and stuff, and let Ronnie Hextall do the other stuff with Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh's not—they're not, they're not a, that bad of a team. They're in a very good division. I think that's the problem. I think they're sitting fourth right now. But I mean, yeah, it, it's within points. A, a win streak can bump you up two spots. Right. So, but I think the Hawks need to kind of play copycat and try to model their uh, their uh, organization like that. Well, the Columbus Blue Jackets game has been postponed from Tuesday. Uh, originally, the Blackhawks were going to play CBJ. That's not no longer happening. As of right now, their next game is Thursday. And uh, let me check who they're playing. I just know that their next game is Thursday. And uh, What's it, the Jets? Yeah, the Jets on Wednesday is what it's uh, supposed to be. We'll see how that goes. I believe it was postponed as well. Was it? Wow. I believe so. So then we're looking at Nashville on Saturday. Yeah, well, that, that's going to be a boring game. So, we... <laughs> Yeah, like last time, man. That was you brutal. know what, man? It, it, I'm looking at the standings, and I'm looking at Nashville. They are sitting second in the Central, one point behind the top Minnesota Wild, 40 points. So they're 19 and 10 and 1. The Preds. Wow. I mean, it's boring, very boring team, but look, they're they're always in there. Effective. Just driving the freaking Blackhawks fans crazy. <laughs> well, everybody, that's all that we got for you today. You know, there's obviously with no games being played, nothing going on. We're going to try and bring you everything that we've got. But uh, if there's something that you want to hear, you something you want us to talk about, shoot us a message on Twitter or uh, send us an email. It'll be in the I'll I'll have our email in the in the show notes. Just go down there, hit it, and send us an email, and uh, we'll talk about it. Or you know what? Who knows? We might be crazy enough and have you on. But that's all that we got for you tonight. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one. And uh, this is a Tomahawk. We're out of here. <laughs> <laughs>